When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Byron O'Neill for Comic Book Yeti, sitting down today with writers Thomas Nagowski and Janine Atchison to talk about their new Dynamite comic series, Panther. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining me. Panther is a pretty well-established character. She started out in 1974, which is pretty old. That was the year I was born. It feels like a long time. So <laughs> for those that are unfamiliar with her, who is Panther and what is happening with her this time around? All right, well, who wants to know? You want me to do it? You give the history. All right, I'll give the history. Um, uh, Pan- the, the history of Panther is kind of schizophrenic. So if you look at how she was originally presented in the old black and white Warren magazines, there was like one take on the character. And even that seemed like they weren't quite sure what they what the character was all about. Sure. Um, and then Harris started publishing her like in a few miniseries. And that was a completely different direction that kind of ignored what Warren had set up also. So when Dynamite started doing it, they were leaning more towards the Harris stuff. But then Christopher Priest, in his Vampirella run and Secret Six run, kind of reestablished, kind of like pulled all the stuff together on Panther and kind of cleaned it up and kind of left it for us to be able to kind of be able to like go from the origin straight to a new take on the character. Sure. So she's basically a really nasty Egyptian princess who was responsible for killing all the was it all the male it was all the male children all the male children uh, at a certain point in Egyptian history because uh, there was a male child that was going to take her throne from her from a concubine of her husband so when her husband passed away the concubine's male son was going to become uh, the pharaoh. And she didn't like that. So basically, she made a she made a a, a deal with a, a Sekhmet, an Egyptian goddess, and kind of lied in the deal and said, "Oh, I need to find this baby. This baby's so, so important to me. I mean, you got to help me." So Sekhmet kind of gave her the ability to see through the eyes of cats and things like that to find this baby, but didn't never found the baby, and so just decided to slaughter all the male children born within a certain point in Egypt. And then Sekhmet found out that she lied to her and said, I'm going to curse you. And the curse is the ability to uh, turn to this two-ton black panther, this big black uh, panther, whenever 
emotions get riled and things like that. So that's kind of where she is. And she's cursed to, to live forever, too. So she's she's immortal until the curse is lifted. Well, you have a long history, Tom, with the Vampirella you know, mythos. So yeah. what, what made you want to take this project on specifically and reinvent it? Probably because of the fact that the all the stuff that had been done before with the character really wasn't like clear. It wasn't it was it was it was so confused and schizophrenic. Priest was the first Christopher Priest was the first time that the, that there was a clear view of the character that was like, wow, that's that's really neat. We should do something. I would love to do something uh, with her. And Nikki came to me and I dragged Janine along with me because she's this she's this kind of Egyptian junkie. She loves like Egyptian mythology and stuff like that. So pulled her into it. She's new to comics, by the way. So she's she's a relative newbie when it comes to writing comics and stuff. So we can kind of make fun of her on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that was that was the main reason was that I I I felt that we were going to get a chance to put a really fresh spin on the character that she's never really had before. So yeah. Well, she kind of spun out this time of, of that reinvention of the, the Sacred Six. So yeah. is she going to exist more on her own or is it is the intent to kind of integrate her more into the wider Vampirella universe? I think as of right now, we're kind of establishing herself. It's 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 taking place in that universe, I believe. I think they wanted to, the okay. whole Sacred Six universe. But our focus is kind of establishing her as a her own character before we start doing like crossovers and things like that, if they want to do them. But this this first story arc, this first five issues uh, kind of sets up who she is, uh, what she is and where she's going from that point, so. Is it more fun to create with those established characters or do you, you know, like inventing the new ones? I'm gonna let you need. <laughs> nice, okay. Um. I think it's really cool that we kind of get to put our own spin on her. Like we're using the, the mythology that she has, but then we're kind of bringing her into the 2000s, into the, the 21st century. She's kind of, she's very modern in our take. Um, she's very innocent too, but it's interesting that we'll get to kind of watch her development over the course of the story arc. So it's it's fun. It's really fun. It, it's nice to use what we started out with what Christopher Priest laid forth and we kind of built on that. So it's a little bit of, of what was already there, but a big us spin too, I think. Yeah, so, I think he left he left us enough wiggle room to kind yeah. of really do some cool stuff with the world, like establishing mm -hmm. the world in which she interacts and the character kind of characters she interacts with, especially uh, with the whole gods and Egyptian mythology stuff. We really get to play with that quite a bit. Sure. I mean, it, a lot of the world building in some sense is kind of done because Egyptian mythology has such a rich tradition anyway. Right. Are you, are you sticking more to the established pantheon or are we taking a few liberties and kind of inventing some new stuff? Liberties galore. We have We've kind of, again, with, with the Egyptian gods, we've kind of given them a new spin as well, and we brought them into the 20th, 21st century. Um, the gods in that we've met so far in our story arc 
are all um, still hanging on. And even though they are Egyptian gods, old gods like Ihi and Sekhmet and all of the ones that people would be familiar with, um, we kind of give them a new spin and they've become kind of like cult heroes. So they're, they're um, televangelists, they're celebrity chefs, they're um, Instagram influencers, that kind of thing. So they thrive on adulation and love from wherever it comes from. Yeah, that's how we've established it. That's how the yeah. gods continue to survive by reinventing, okay. by reinventing themselves. Yeah. So, you know, uh, being into an internet sensation or a television celebrity feeds them the, ador you know, the adoration that they need in order to continue to live. So. Yeah. Well, we're introduced to some of them in the first issue. I I've got to ask, is there actually a patron god of bartenders? Because that was pretty specific. There is. There actually were a few. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there actually was a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. So what we what we did when we found that there was like multiple things, we kind of like integrated aspects into like one, just so we didn't have you know all the fun parts we put into one god as opposed to having multiple gods. Yeah. So were both of you reasonably fluent with Egyptian myth um, mythology going in, or did you have to do a bunch of additional research for it? Janine was, was more than I was. I was familiar with the basic stuff. Okay, yeah. but Janine is kind of a an Egyptian junkie, so she kind of yeah. she kind of was more up on a lot of that stuff than I was. Yeah, we well, did well, we did a lot of additional research too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd imagine I, you kind of have to, yeah. I would think. So um, yeah. you've got um, Pantha, who is a shapeshifter. So skinwalkers and shapeshifters are common throughout kind of all the world's mythologies. Are there more in the Egyptian pantheon? Will we see them if we're not giving too much away? Oh, that's actually a really good idea. We, we, <laughs> we, we were so focused, we're so focused on this first story arc with the gods and uh, the uh, uh, an even older god coming back and stuff like that, that we haven't really gone beyond that point, but that's actually a cool, I mean, that would be a cool way to have her interact with some interesting other characters. Yeah, not yourself. Note to self. All right, Jane. Write, write that down. Write You're that welcome. down. Write that down. <laughs> well, tell me, tell me about your collaborative approach to writing. So, you know, how long have you been working together? How do you know each other? All right, I'll let you. Here we go. I'll, I'll let you tell me. All right. Um, so, Tom and I went to high school together. Okay. Like forty years ago. Um, and up until last year, I was a middle school teacher. I taught English. And we had a unit where I needed an author to come to talk to my kids. And I needed somebody who had written a book that had been made into a movie. And I remembered that Tom, Tom and I had lost touch long ago. And I remembered that he had had a couple of, three of his books actually made into movies, um, the Fallen series. So I emailed him and I said, hey, would you be willing to come and talk to my, my students? And he said, sure. And then we started to talk and we corresponded and we started to, to really like reconnect. And he was like, you know, you ought to be writing. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and he convinced me to give that a try. And so last year during the pandemic, we wrote a novel. And then he, I think it was in November of last year, he asked me, or the year before, he asked me if I wanted to write a comic with him. And so we wrote the Valentine's Day special of Vampirella together. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of snowballed and we've been writing comics and books and 
novels and short stories and children's books and everything ever since. That's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of crazy. It was it was just like this kind of whirlwind thing. Like you should be doing this. <laughs> I don't know anything about comics. I know nothing. <laughs> Come on, I'll teach you. Well paused and bless you for for being a teacher my mom was an eighth grade english teacher as oh well. real yeah that's where byron comes from lord byron all that oh, stuff. i was, I was oh, gonna that, say when i saw yeah. your name at first i was like hmm so what is the the secret sauce for for a collaboration successfully as, as writers what, you want me to go ahead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you know it's, it's it's really interesting because of the fact that with the comic stuff, she was very, uh, I think she had more of a knack with the prose stuff when we were writing a book together as Mm -hmm. opposed to the comic stuff. The comic stuff is like writing a movie script, basically. And so I had to kind of go through a lot of steps, you know, kind of like, all right, this is how you have to picture this. This is how you have to describe it for the artist. This is how, you know what I mean? So it it was a, we're still, and we're still learning. Yeah. We're, we're still learning, but she's picking up incredibly fast. I mean, we wrote the, the uh, Vampyverse miniseries, uh, six issues of that. She did fantastic with that. But like right now, uh, when we get we get together like at least twice a week, and then we Zoom and Skype and the whole nine yards, and we just kind of bat things around. We kind of just, uh, everything's done like, in a, like a skeleton. Like a, when we're writing a script, we do the plot first like break it down and plot, then figure out how many pages everything is going to be. And then we just kind of work on page one, panel one, give the description, and okay. lay it out. we lay it out basically. And then after it's all laid out, we sit down and actually start the script. So that's, that's the whole, that's the whole process. Yeah. Well, let's brag on the rest of the creative team because the book is beautiful after looking yeah. through one, it's, it's really, really pretty. So how did yeah. the, the rest of the creative team come together? Uh, that stuff all comes to, I mean, we're seeing that stuff as, as, as Matt Idelson, our editor, gets it and presents it to us. Hey, okay. what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? It, go, it, it goes almost in like layers. Okay. So, so we'll see like um, like rough pencils and, and layouts and pages for us to look at to decide, you know, does that look right? Does that look like it, you know, what we described in our descriptions and things like that? And then from there, full pencils and inks and from there the lettering and from there coloring it's very it's very very layered and very it's we love to get emails from that it's kind of like oh <laughs> what, what what are we seeing now you know what, yeah. what, what is this going to be well, how much control do you like to maintain over the artwork uh lettering colors in a project are you kind of giving igor like full panel designs and or is it more of a go with it or we kind of we kind of give him almost like you know, the only time we're super specific is when we feel it needs to be super specific. Yeah. Okay. We we kind of just kind of tell him what we're what we're seeing in our head and hoping that his interpretation is better than what we're seeing in our yeah. head. Yeah. Occasionally it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Usually usually you'll get something back. Some every or every once in a while you'll get something back and you'll say, oh geez, you know that probably needs to be changed because of this coming up on page 15 and but but that's usually the the, the extent of our meddling okay. in, an artist, in an artist's work we we really don't we i don't like to i'm teaching her not to um just because of the fact that they're 
they're doing, you know, they're, they're pulling out of their own head. And like I said, 90, 99% of the time, that's way better than what's in, in my head. Is Panther designed to be an ongoing series, or is it limited? As of right now, they're telling us it's ongoing, but they want to they want us to approach it in story arcs. So okay. I'm not 100 percent sure what their business plan is with that, but okay. we have been told that it's a it's a ongoing series. Okay, and the the first arc is going to be roughly how many issues? Five issues. Five issues for the first arc, and by the end of the fifth issue, you'll see where Panther's going. It's kind of like everything is set up for for future in, okay. in, in that fifth issue, yeah. We're building up. Each issue builds up to something. So who would you describe as the target reader for this book? Oh, God. Um, you know what? When I, when I approach, like, even my Vampirella work and something, I'm oh, my brain always goes to my old um, Marvel horror books of the 70s. My Tomb of Draculas, my Werewolf by Night, my Monster Frankenstein—that that kind of action adventure horror title. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm kind of picturing that with a little touch of Neil Gaiman. Okay. There's, there's, a, little, there's a little feel of uh, American Gods in there, maybe yeah. you know, as a little as a little influence. But yeah, I mean, I think I think your average Vampirella reader, yeah. you know, somebody that enjoys like you know kick butt female characters will probably really get a get a kick out of it um yeah that's 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 my goal i mean i don't know what janine's looking for i mean <laughs> she doesn't know anything <laughs> <She doesn't> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> janine did you did you grow up with comics i mean what what are kind of some of your inspirations as a writer and it doesn't have to be comics um i grew up reading like i archie comics and things like that um, when Tom and I were, were hanging around in high school, he had given me a bunch of comics and I read things like Moon Knight and you gave me, I think, Spider-Man and X-Men, Batman, yeah, X-Men, that kind of thing. And I read them and then I kind of drifted off into other things. Um, but now that I'm back, like my favorites are things like The Nice House on the Lake, The Sandman, um anything batman vampirella of course so yeah i've kind of developed a new appreciation for comics so. so working together um you you obviously you've got comics you're working on book stuff um is kind of this sort of pseudo mythology horror niche where you'd like to stay or are there plans to kind of do something else maybe even i think so i think it's funny because i've I've been getting a little bit better about developing ideas of my own. That's kind of where I'm, I'm stuck, where I, like, I have an idea, but I can't really plot the whole thing out. But every time I have an idea, it, it kind of, it might start out as an innocent idea, but then it kind of turns, like, wonky. It turns dark, and I'm like, apparently that's where I belong, I think. So, yeah. Basically, basically that's way too much time spent with me. <laughs> that's, that's 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 all I can say. That's influence right there. Oh, ter terrible influence! Terrible. Well, everybody loves their their variant covers. So, do you know off the top of your head how many there are for issue one? Do we of Tampa? Yeah. Hmm? Uh, how many were there of the, the of the variants? 
like five. I, there weren't that. Yeah, there yeah, weren't yeah. as many as like say Vampyverse had or or Vengeance of Vampirella had. Um, I think there, there was five. five. There was like I think there were five, weren't there? I, I thought there were more. Didn't were we there see more? more in the preview book? Maybe occasionally we'll find some that we didn't even, we didn't even know they were there. I mean, okay. we, never, we never saw that cover because because what happens a lot is certain stores pay to have their own cover. Right. Okay. So I might not. We may not see that that cover because it was for a specific store. Um, but occasionally it'll pop up online and we'll like, hey, wait a minute, we got to get that one. That yeah. One's great. Yeah. <laughs> So, so these are the emails you're talking about where they show up and it's Christmas all over again? Yeah, kind of. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, tell me about some other projects you guys have going on. Is there anything else you'd like to, to highlight today? Other stuff you've got going? What, do we wanna, what, what can we talk about? Don't we? Well, we, get this, we have this novel that we finished, yeah. this, this monstrosity. It's that's that. That basically we would just during the pandemic we sat down and we like we plotted out this epic novel <laughs> and actually wrote the thing. And yeah. you know, how, how many months did, did it take us to write the Seven months. It took seven us months. Yeah. It's it's giant and and unwieldy. Unwieldy and flabby, and it needs all <laughs> kinds of work. But we yeah. wrote a book, and it was yeah. really really cool, really really fun, and we're we're. In between our comic shenanigans, we're we're tinkering with getting it, it whipped into shape and get rid of that fat and uh, and hopefully have it to my agent within this year. Hopefully, we'll hopefully have it this year. <laughs> so as like far as comic, as far as comic stuff, Panther will you know we'll continue with, with Panther. Uh, we've got a couple of little secret projects that don't have homes yet. Sure. Some some creator-owned stuff that doesn't have a home yet, but we're starting to see artwork now because we're putting together a, a nice proposal, and that's getting us all excited about yeah, that. Yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, that was super. And to give Janine credit, that was an idea that just popped into her head, and said, she said, hey, what if this was this? And yeah. I was like, you know, that's just not a short story idea. That's a really good a yeah. uh, potential series idea and it kind of grew out of that so yeah. she has her she gets her idea so what i'm hearing is if i want to be successful in the comics universe what i need to do is go back to one of my high school reunions <laughs> and find some of these people that i gelled with really well back then see yeah. what they're doing and come up with a project yeah basically that's yeah that. i mean honest to god never saw any of this come this no. like, this was completely oh kismet yeah both both of us totally surprised every day it would be like what are we doing what what yeah. is this you know yeah. so yeah it, it's been it's been really fun yeah so it's amazing to like to go to to the office or even to work from home and we'll be talking about you know giant scorpion like insect drones or you know a woman who turns into an 800 pound panther and i think to myself okay last year at this time and i've since retired from teaching last year at this time i was teaching 12 year olds and this year i'm talking about giant scorpion like insect drones so my life has taken a complete you know 180 and it's awesome <laughs> that's that's amazing i mean our lives take so many different turns 
Um, I mean, I, I feel like I've lived three or four already myself. So, so um, Pantha, I know we have some, we're dealing with shipping delays in the comics universe. Oh, yeah. Um, so issue one, is it currently on shelves then? Yeah, issue issue yeah. issue one hit like about what what about a month ago. Issue okay, two. okay. Just about a month earlier this month, January fifth, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, so we should be expecting so two hopefully sometime in February. Yeah. But two. Okay. Um, with the shipping craziness and printing, the printing nonsense and stuff. So hopefully two in 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 February. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well. Tom and Janine, thanks for joining me today to talk about Panther. I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for uh, having us. Yeah, we'd love to, any, any chance we get to talk about this stuff. Is great. I know. Well, issue one is available now. Um, yep. Issue two should be out in February, so make yep. sure to look for it on your local comic book shop shelves or wherever you get your, your comics digitally these days. Yeah, yeah. So this is Byron O'Neill for Comic Book Yeti. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. All right. Take care. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Kate. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now 